Welcome. This is a cool moment. It's a moment I've been uh, dreaming about for over six years. And so it's kind of neat to see it come to fruition finally. And, uh, you know, as I thought about this and as I talked to other people about starting a church and and planting a church even, um, a lot of people ask questions about, you know, why? Why another church? Uh, why, Why have a church today? even in terms of the, the 21st century. Have things, have things changed now where you could go online and get everything available to you that way? Uh, you can listen to your favorite speaker. You can listen to your best worship music out there and, and never have to brave the cold of Canada. So wouldn't it make sense to just do church from home online? And, and so all kinds of questions. And, and those are questions I hope that we be able to explore as, uh, as we meet. But I think there's incredible value in us getting together. Incredible value for you and I to, to be a support and encouragement to one another. And I, and I say that because as I thought more and more about why church and what church can be and what does it look like, I, I thought, well, let's go back to what the scriptures say. And, and one scripture in particular that I kept coming back to was in Acts chapter 2. And it was the very first meeting of the church. It's when the church began. And, and you have to understand the church then, as it is today, really, it hasn't changed. It, it was not a place to go on a Sunday morning. It was way bigger than that. Yes, they, they got together on a Sunday morning, I'm sure, but it was more than that. It was, it was bigger than just a place to go. A church was the group. It was the, the gathering, the fellowship. That's, that's really what the church was. And, and so in, in Acts chapter 2, you've got the, the birth of the church. You've got Pentecost, where, where uh, Peter and all the other disciples are, are waiting in the upper room, awaiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And finally, the Holy Spirit comes, and they all begin to preach in various tongues. And, and it was amazing, because people from all over the world were in Jerusalem at the time, and they're hearing their own language with the gospel being preached. And they were marveling at this, and they were amazed at this. And, and here was Peter. He was proclaiming that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the one that they were waiting for. He was the one this world needed, and he was available to all. And it, amazingly, it said 3,000 people were saved that day, thus beginning the church. The church is now born. And so in, in, this, in Acts chapter 2, it records the very beginning. And it says this, beginning in chapter 2, verse 42, it says this, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of the bread, and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to the number day by day those who were being saved. See, for these new believers here, when they got together at the church, it was way more than just get a place to go on a Sunday morning. When, when these people began to follow Jesus, and when they recognized Jesus as Messiah and Lord, they often were, were kicked out of their families, kicked out of their homes. Maybe they lost their jobs because it was heretical to say something like that. It was, it was an offense against the, the, the Jewish history and their Jewish background to, to recognize Jesus, the one they just murdered and executed as to be the Messiah. 
And so the, the church came together because it was a place to support one another. They needed one another to help and, and encourage one another. And, and the reality is that is true for you and I today. Now, maybe we're not facing the same kind of level of persecution, but we still need and need to support one another. And so in, in that chapter two of Acts, I think we get this great blueprint of what church can be. And there were three things just to kind of key in on there, what they were doing as they were forming this, this new community. And begin in verse 42, and it talked about how they would assemble in order that they could learn from the apostles, the apostles' teaching. Now, the apostles, those were the, the original disciples. They became the apostles. And what was unique and special about them is they had spent the last three and a half years following Jesus wherever he went. For three and a half years, they had the best seminary training available. Jesus kept teaching them and, and educating them about what this new covenant, a new way of operating and living was going to be all about. And, and even after his death, they had, they had 40 days of an intensive seminary training where he'd be able to speak plainly and they could finally understand it. And so now these apostles were getting together with this new church, these new believers, and they were imparting to them what Jesus had given to them because that's what Jesus commanded them. He commanded them that whatever I have taught you, you now go and share with other people. And so that's what they were doing. And so they would get together. And that was so important because this new covenant required a whole new way to live, required a whole new way to operate. And so that was foreign to them. They needed to learn and understand that. And so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to get together because while we don't have the, the apostles themselves here, we've got their teachings. That's what the scriptures are for us. That's what makes the scriptures so valuable and important to us. It's it's not, it's not that we, we're not going to worship the Bible here because the Bible isn't the answer. Jesus is the answer. The Bible simply points us to Jesus. But what it allows us to do is to understand what this new covenant is. What did Jesus teach the apostles so he can teach us? And so that's what we're going to be able to do. And I'm excited to, to have opportunities to really dive into Father's word and to understand that. The next thing we saw the early church that they were doing is they were fellowshipping and they were breaking bread together. And that breaking of bread was obviously in part was communion, but it was more than that. It was just, it went to show that they did life to one another. They, they experienced community with one another. And again, that was necessary because of the great cost. When you began to follow Jesus, you were, you were gonna face sure persecution. So they needed that support. They needed it for financial care with one another. But it was, again, it was much more than that. And that's true for us as well, I think. While there may be needs financially, I think greater than that, we're going to need, uh, need to be encouraged and supported one another because we're all going to struggle at times within our soul. You know, I've never ceased to ama be amazed by how desperate our world is for community. The, the lengths that we'll go to. I remember seeing a video on, uh, on Facebook not too long ago about these crazy mustaches. You know, not just like the big handlebar mustaches, but I mean like people, one guy had a mustache that formed a birdcage sort of thing. Like these were big, crazy, ornate mustaches and beards. And I, I marveled at these things. And I remember there was a clip where a guy said, even if I shave my mustache off, I know I still got community. That's how desperate they were. This past week, I was reading a newspaper article about the, the brownies, the bronies, sorry, the bronies, that's what they're called. Right? Do you know who the bronies are? If you don't have little kids, you might not know what a brony is. But there's a show out there called My Little Pony. And a lot of uh, older 
you know, teenage, late teenage men uh, in particular fell in love with the show. And so they began to call themselves bronies. And they would get together. And they've been doing it for about four years now. And it started off as a small convention. They would get together. Uh, well, actually, it started online. And then it, they had a convention. The, uh, it reached a point where they had 10,000 people come into the convention. Can you believe that? 10,000 people traveled, bought hotel rooms, paid tickets to go to a convention about My Little Pony. And again, majority of them were late teens, early 20s, like college university men. And now they're starting to lament because the show's coming to an end. And so they're starting to notice that the convention's being canceled because people aren't coming out to it anymore. And so these people are, are lamenting about how, where are we going to find community now? Because the show was really just the, the excuse to get together. And that's what they're looking for. Unless we look down upon these people who are, you know, addicted to a children's TV show that was aimed primarily at little girls, we do all kinds of things that we gather around. Maybe there are other TV shows. I remember when 24 was out and Lost and so forth, people would get together in their homes so they could watch these shows together. Or whether they be movies like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and so forth, or, or whether it be sports and hobbies, we're all looking for things to get together and rally around. And what's beautiful about the church is what it's at the center of that is something that is eternal. See, with the TV shows, the sports and all that, they quickly fade away, and really they don't provide life. But for you and I to gather around the person of Jesus Christ, that's where we find life. It's bigger than New Life Fellowship. It's the person of Jesus Christ that's going to be at the center of all this. And so that's what we're going to do. We get to form Christian community around that, to have a community of grace. Now, what does that mean, a community of grace? Well, the, the reality is we're going to explore that over the next few decades. But just in a real short nutshell, I think this is a great summary of what a, a community of grace is. It's a, a place where you're so safe to trust others with your most authentic self, knowing that you'll be loved and accepted in return. That's what we're shooting for. A place that's so safe you can just be you where you can laugh, have fun, you can joke, you can be serious, you can be upset, you can be depressed, you can be scared. Wherever you're at, you just come knowing that you're going to be loved and accepted. Because that's what Jesus wanted for us. He says, they will know that you're my disciples by how you love one another. So my greatest hope for New Life Fellowship is that down the road, what we're known for isn't for the great worship band or, or the coffee or the setup or whatever. My greatest hope is what New Life Fellowship is known for is how they love Jesus and how they love others. That's what we want to focus on. That's what we want to get right. Finally, the last thing that the, the early church would do when they get together, so they'd come together to learn from the apostles and, and study the apostles' teaching. They'd come together to be with one another, to have fun with one another, to enjoy company with one another. And I think really that's so important because now that's, I bet you they didn't have to be forced to go to get together. They, they didn't need any kind of whip behind them. I think they loved getting together. They looked forward to getting together. And then the last thing is when they got together is they prayed and they worshiped. Now, the scripture there only says prayer, but what's unique about that word, there are two different words that, that, the, that the writer here, Luke, would, could have used to record for prayer. 
the first word for prayer is a very specific kind which speaks to asking for things. So when, when you're asking for healing, when you're asking for God um, to, to work a miracle, when you're asking for something specific, there's one word for prayer for that. But the other word for prayer is the one that Luke used here, and it's a more general term for prayer, and it simply means talking with God. And so that would include worship. Because whenever, what's well, worship? Worship is talking with God. It's praising God. It's, it's being with God. And, and so worship is bigger than just getting up here and singing, although that's a big part of it. In fact, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but when we were up here and the worship band was leading all of us in worship, that was a time of prayer. It was a time for us to, to talk with Father and thank him for what he's done and how he's blessed us and how he's loved us. And so that's what we want to be. We want to be a people that get together and pray, pray for one another, pray with one another, and encourage one another. So those three things really, I think, will form the heart of the church. And it's, again, bigger than just Sunday morning. I think Sunday morning is secondary to what's happening Monday through Saturday. And so it's, I'm so grateful for Marco and Janice to open it up. Right in that first week, we're going to open up, they're going to open their home to get together. So if you can make it, that'd be great. So before the natives get too more restless, we're going to close this morning with a time of prayer. And it's going to be a time of corporate prayer, meaning just I'm going to open it up. Anyone can pray. And then after a time, I'll close in prayer. But I just want to encourage you, wherever you're at, you can stand, you can sit, just pray whatever's on your heart. So I just want to open that up because it's, it's more than just one person up here praying. It's all of us as a group. So let's pray as a group. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your incredible love. Thank you, Jesus, for demonstrating your love for us through what you did on the cross for us. There's no greater love. It's an incredible thing for us to try to understand and try to know. And so, Father, I just pray as we meet the cross. Thank you for, um, yeah, for your incredible love. For this new beginning of a new community, I ask, Lord, that, um, you will allow us, allow us to experience um, your love through each other that you will pour out to this community through the community. And I ask, Lord, that you will um, help us each to 
open ourselves up to that, to allow ourselves to be vulnerable towards each other, to allow us to, to risk being real, um, even when we don't like how that looks, so that we will have the opportunity of experiencing what you intended our relationships to be like. Uh, during this last while and what has produced this this morning. We seek your blessing on everything that is done. We know that you are God and we are not. But we seek your help. And so, Lord, we know that this is a creation from you. We acknowledge it, and we bless it, and we take our authority in Jesus Christ and say, grow, do what the kingdom's supposed to do, and let us see the marvel of what created here this morning. Let us see the glory of all that it will become, that it will be like unto who you are. There you are, you are full of grace, and you are full of truth. We look for this in your mighty name. Father, we thank you for the gift of children and the example that they give us through their new lives, their new life, demonstrating to us an excitement that we've often forgotten, the excitement that we can just express through the start of this new church, the excitement that we can express through living anew every day what it means to be in relationship with you, the excitement that we can take in a t contagious fashion out into our a place of work in our daily lives, in our relationships with family and friends. Lord, I also look to our children to just give us the example of that they have an unabashed emotion. So many of us have grown up with just forcing down our emotions and Lord, they just are so willing to just express it and, and that we would just learn from that as well, that we could learn to just express our emotions in a safe fashion with the people here in our relationships that we're going to build here in the community, in a community that is growing here, Lord. I thank you for, for the safe environment that you're giving here at New Life.
But I pray that this church will be that place where we can find community and healing and openness. I pray that you will shed your light on all of us. We bless your name. We're so grateful for the love you have for us, for what you've done on the cross to make all of this possible, that we can be one family united in you. And now we get to share that love that you have for us with one another. And so you bless each day forward here as we gather together to support one another and love you. In your name we pray, amen. Well, we're going to now have a wonderful time of fellowship, enjoy some coffee, some tea, and uh, let your kids play and run around. And uh, then we'll look to tear down 1130 if you want to stick around and help. So thanks for coming out.